Hello and welcome to episode 76 of Existential. And today we talk about revitalizing life's desires. Before we dive in, I do want to thank you so much for joining us and enjoy the episode. I will be gone Friday and Saturday, but I will return promptly on Sunday with another great episode. Thank you very much and please enjoy the episode. All right, so today we talk about energizing a desire, right? Energizing a desire is is interesting and it's something so many of us struggle with, right? Something so many of us really can't seem to revitalize. No matter how many times we try to re-spark something by, you know, going about it a different way or we really try to mix things up, it doesn't work. Sometimes mixing things up, you know, makes a beautiful salad and sometimes mixing things up you know, makes everything worse, right? But it's about moving those paint colors. It's about switching, mixing up those paint colors in a way where it creates a marble effect rather than just creates this ugly brown, right? So revitalizing a desire is interesting because desires are attraction, right? Desires, desire is attraction, right? People people say they lost their attraction and desire, but it's like saying they lost the love with love, and that makes 100% sense, right? Attraction is desire. You know, sometimes people lose, when people lose desire of things they love, they think that their life is dead, right? They think life is, life is gone, right? The vitality of life is almost dependent on the desire of life, right? If the desire is alive, then life was alive. And the problem with that is, if that's true, then desire is life, right? Your life, switch the words up. Your life is desire. If desire is what fuels your life and desire is ran out of gas, hey, your life's gone, right? I'm sorry, not your life's gone, but your life is put on break. That's the issue, right? You know, people, when when somebody lives their whole life based on carnal desire and the attraction to carnal desire is no longer gone. The attraction for life is gone, right? But it's the, but notice it's those people that separate their will to live from their desire to live. I'm sorry for the desires life offers that that kind of thrive in life that really thrive, right? So to even to even approach this to approach this answer, we have to understand that to. To, uh, to even bring some level of life back to desire, you need to clarify it. You can't just, oh, I'm going to stop it and redo it. The whole point is you need to put a break. You have to stop, restart, you know, put boundaries on it. Because boundaries, you know, why do you look forward to a holiday? Why do you look forward to Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate? Why do you look forward to it? It's because of the scarcity, right? It's because of the frequency. It happens once a year, right? What's what? What is you know one of those quick debates and you know at home or at work? What are you know what wins? It's always oh it's time sensitive. I got to do this first because it's time sensitive. It's the frequency that matters so much in life, right? It's clarifying the desire, right? You have to define it. That you have to define the desire. You have to make that marble effect with the paint instead of that mushy, you know, that gross brown that happens when you mix all those colors together by clarifying a desire by setting a boundary of frequency, right? And that's how you kind of re-energize the desire, but that's not what we want, right? There is a bigger problem at hand. If, if you know, just personally, if I would, if, you know, if I was at the point where I was 
trying to revitalize a desire in order to revitalize my life, I'm not living my life correctly, right? Desire is like, in many ways, it's, have you ever played, you go to an arcade, you sit down on the racing game, you sit on the chair, you're holding the steering wheel. Then there's this button on the side that says nitro. That nitro button, that extra boost of fuel, that's your desire in a way, right? It plays a more vital role than that, right? It's a big part of your gas that fuels the car. But in many ways, it does offer that nitro boost. You're driving the car, but that nitro boost is the desire, right? Yes, life seems very inanimate when it when it doesn't have desire included. But that said, you know, there should be a heavy differentiation between uh, life and desire because when desire is your life and desire runs out of gas, your life runs out of gas as well. So we have to learn to live life that is not instinct-based because, you know, animals always want to eat. Animals always want to do this and that and that. And animals want to do a million different things that they want to do and they're fed, but they don't have this, you know, animals don't have that extra consciousness that's, you know, that kind of loses the energy of desire, right? That's not an animal. It's only a human thing, right? So we have to learn to use desire in moderation because if we don't, desire becomes our life. And when desire no longer exists, then, hey, life no longer exists when you start to fuel life with other means with you know energy efficient fuel desire is not energy efficient fuel right notice that notice how much people are begging to have their desire back how much how what kind of catastrophic you know repercussions a desireless life has or an undesirable life has um it's it's heavy and the people who lost it are you know that it's 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 very difficult to watch because it's just so sad you know there's this overarching this melancholic sadness that really undertakes and backdrops your entire life and that's what happens when desire is your gas right that's what happens when the car runs out of gas but what if you could use a more energy efficient fuel right what if what powers the car isn't desire isn't short instant desire it's going to get you sporadically from point a to b when you have to get to z right what happens then huh right that's the whole point we have to find a a fuel that's that's better we have to find a sense of fulfillment that doesn't coincide with desire right that's the that's the whole goal at hand that, that should be the goal at hand, right? It's, you know, the fact that we have to re-energize our desire so much, if the, if our desire fuels our life, then that's a bigger problem, right? That's the bigger issue at hand. That's the big bubble at hand. Not even that, you know, we have to revitalize the desire, which is important, right? But it should be put in balance and it, it's kind of belittled next to such a colossal problem when your life is entirely desire, and that's why people are so. That's why people are so adamant. That's why all these big companies, uh, all these big advertisement companies, all these massive companies out there that market you products and market you everything, base their advertisements on these desires. Is they're not offering you a way to uh, a way to fulfill your desire. They're offering you a way. They're offering you the gas, right? They're trying to give you gas. This we're not we're not driving the car for you. Here, here's the gas. Here's the spark, right? If you buy these pants, if you buy this one, they you know st- strategically and almost manipulatively connect all the dots together in a way where you think that 
by doing, by following this course, by following this action, by buying these pants, by buying this suit, by buying this watch, etc., or by buying this dress, whatever it may be, that this is somehow a means to to revitalizing your life. Well, what kind of life do you live if you are truly revitalized by you know buying a different by, by buying new pants or by being empowered by desire, right? By buying something that'll empower your sense of desire. And that's a highly, highly unattractive life. It's instantly fulfilling, but not long-term fulfilling. And that's the whole issue, right? When we approach revitalizing a desire, why are we so excited? That's the approach we have to have. Why are we so excited? Why are we so enthusiastic about re, re, you know, revitalizing a desire? It can't be just for the desire. Oh, I mean, it definitely cannot be just for the desire. That makes no sense. It has to be to some degree for a, a pic, bigger picture, right? But we always have to remember that the instant gratification can never heal the larger picture. And, and with that, we, we, kind of, we kind of explore a, a new dimension, a fuel-efficient source, I mean, this is something that you can consult a religious authority with or you know, family or anybody who's, who, who's, who can have a conversation like this, right? And there are people out there, there's a lot of media on the internet that, that can you know, kind of lead you in your own personal journey through this. We must look for a fuel source that will run our life in the long term, right? You know, you can't be, you know, the whole point is you, you want to be a Rolls Royce. Everyone wants to be a Rolls Royce. It looks super good, but the mileage is crap. You know, the whole point is you want to be, you want to maybe be a Prius. Doesn't look so good at all. No offense to Prius drivers if you're out there, but you also want to be able to drive long term. That's why people love the Prius because people like it simply because of the range it can go so far and that's and you know everyone wants to look like a rolls royce no one wants to look like a prius everyone wants to drive like a prius but no one wants the mileage of a rolls royce so the balance of life is being able to kind of put both of these forces in temperance everyone wants to be able to look like a rolls royce but drive like a prius and that happens only with heavy heavy moderation that happens with only heavy temperance and balance right family could be a source um you know it just has to have this revitalizing gas that can move the car from point a to point z right and you can have these points of desire to revitalize and by the way as soon as you stop trying to uh, fill your desire as soon as you stop trying to fulfill your life with desire then desire becomes something secondary and when you don't have to suit when you don't do you know you don't fulfill desire every single second every single day then it's again going back to earlier it begins to revitalize the desire you be, the desire kind of finds some life again like you know when i'm planting i enjoy planting and for those of you who, who don't know I tried to, uh, I, I mentioned it in the past, so for those new listeners, I tried to plant a, a dill plant, and it died, like horribly, and I thought it was completely unsalvageable. Slowly but surely, I fed it water, and it kind of nursed back to life, and eventually, I kind of realized that it's, it's, when you start feeding, when you start 
watering it frequently, when you start watering a desire frequently, then it kind of begins to revitalize. And from there, from, from that dill plant, from planting in general, we learn that clarifying a desire means to set boundaries. It takes a long time, but if it's something secondary, if it's something, if it's something else, if it's a non-focus, it kind of builds, right? It really builds, you know, by swimming in a desire, we're trying to drink all the water in the sea when, you know, all the water in the ocean. And we're so caught up in doing that, we can't even focus on it. Uh, and that's, that's really the whole issue. So revitalizing a desire goes, goes much deeper as we explored. And uh, for that, with that, we are going to close for questions, comments, episode suggestions, or simply hellos. Please feel free to contact me at podcast.existential at gmail.com. Once again, that's podcast.existential at gmail.com. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. All your support helps. Be sure to share this podcast with all your friends and family, and be sure to tune in daily for new episodes of Existential.